Welcome back to the Everyday Hair Colorist. Today's guest is Carrie Fitzmaurice, project manager and digital producer, which is amazing actually because I've met Carrie and we've been working together for the last couple of years. But first of all, I'd like to say welcome to the show. Thank you, Jack. It's great to be here. It's always a pleasure to be talking to you. First of all, before we go into what you do now, you started off your career as a hairdresser, didn't you? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so many moons ago, I started as a hairdresser as I was 16 and was working in a hair salon in Ireland for about eight to nine years. Um, and I was part of the industry and entering competitions and doing all that everyone does. But I felt like I really wanted to change and do something different. So that was when I took the leap and I moved to London. Right. And I worked in part of a, a salon, a big chain group, and was really trying to progress into doing different stuff out of the salon floor, but wasn't, still wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. After that, then I went to work at L'Oreal in Hammersmith, and I was an educator for them for, for a few years. Um, and this was a great role because it really took me out of the salon floor and gave me a, a commercial mind and thinking corporately as well, which was really interesting. So this is where I met you. Yes. I met you at L'Oreal, which is a very long time ago now, in sort of hairdressing years anyway. And one of the funniest things I always think about when I talk to people about you um, is the fact that we were doing a, we were doing a filming and you were obviously doing content at that point. You were, you were recording content for L'Oreal. And you had me hold a bottle of developer and a tint in the most weirdest angle you could ever imagine. And I didn't want to put my gloves on as I was pouring the product. And you just told me off all the way through it. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> but when I saw the results, I was like, oh, my God, that looks spectacular. And it's, it's a lot of us hairdressers don't know how to make things look good it's not inherent we know how to make hair look good but the sort of the visual of doing things sometimes is all can be a bit scattered yeah I think that's one of the main things is when you're a master of your art another thing is just a bit too much so diving into it and looking at different angles is something that's difficult to do when you're so evolved and emotionally connected to what you're doing I guess yes yeah well you're sort of immersed in it are you and I think that you don't think well, I didn't think about how I squoze a tube of colour. I just knew to go from the top down mm-hmm. or how I held the bottle or whether there was a, a slight mark on something. Something of which I'm very aware of now because I've sort of been trained. But um, you basically retrained me. Yeah. Yeah, and it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. So you were doing digital marketing uh, or digital education or digital, digital stuff, which was all very new and different at that point, I think. Social media obviously had started and, and was very successful in the USA, but was still quite sort of terrifying to a lot of people in the in the UK market. Yeah, so how that developed was I was working um, as an educator and I slowly showed my interest in social media. Um, I set up a page called L'Oreal Education UK and it grew really quickly and quite successfully just by monitoring the audience, seeing what people wanted. Um, and from that, then the team at L'Oreal recognised that it was something maybe that I could do. So I was given that role. And then I luckily got to train some hairdressers at L'Oreal, how to maybe manage their social media accounts. Um, and that was really good. Um, and all that kind of evolved with, as you said, like test and learn, because, yeah, back then it was all very much a bit of a, a grey area of people not really knowing how it works and, and it was a test and learn and that was a really fundamental part of my career which I'm very grateful for actually. I think 
The other piece that you always bring to it is test and learn. You always say that to me, test and learn. It doesn't matter if, if it flunks. Um, but then you, you went on to, we both moved product companies. So we both went to Schwarzkopf, didn't we? Within a pretty short time of each other without really knowing that we'd both gone. Yeah, that's very true. And you took on a huge role there, didn't you? Yeah, so I went there as a global digital education manager. Yeah. And what that was, was I was in charge of, well, essentially all of the education, whether that was uh, physical or online. And so I was really lucky I got to create some amazing courses, but also manage a lot of global campaigns um, around the world as well. So I flew to different countries and managed shoots and productions. And that was really thinking globally. So thinking of worldwide, obviously, content that would be produced in those areas but also strategies. That was one of the biggest things that I took from that role was building strategies of how to make campaigns successful or how to create, uh, make social media campaigns successful. Mm-hmm. And I think that was when you and I started to work together and I started to bring that skill set into how we could, I guess, evolve and grow your audience by using strategic approaches. Yes, I had... Um Obviously, I'd done a couple of sort of local campaigns and I've done a couple of international campaigns. And then when I went to Schwarzkopf, of course, we did 14 pieces, which was absolutely huge and phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I remember you recorded virtually all of that. And I mean, I'm a quick learn when something new's coming in. So I sort of got the fact that I had to sort of do things differently. But not long before that, I'd done a shoot and I'd it was a little bit chaotic. The images were nice at the end of it, but I tried to do too much in it. And what I realised was I can't do all these things myself and I needed help. And that's when I came to you and said, can you help me? Mm-hmm. And when we did that 14-piece campaign, ourselves, our personal one, it was so sharp and it was so... Well, it was award-winning in one way, which was fantastic. Yeah. But everything that we wanted to get from it, we were able to deliver. But that was through you yeah and I, I think that's exactly what I was saying like a creative mindset sometimes it's difficult to write down on paper exactly how the day should run and exactly what you want to gain from it because uh, as we said like you've got such an emotional feeling towards everything you do that sometimes it's and it's it's hard for anybody in any profession to see past the finish line or see what what are the what are the objectives of any shoot and what do you want the outcome to be and how do you want it to look and who are the team that are going to create that for you because that is the most important. You know, everybody that's on that team and everyone that was in that room that day was a part of that winning image, right? You know, so it was yes. all... It's not, it's not one person. It's never one person. It's never the person whose face is on the, the cover. It's the whole gang of people, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's fundamentally, if everybody has the same vision, that's when something magic happens. And that's what I love to do. I love to bring people together that creates an award ring or a super strong campaign that is recognised worldwide. Yeah, because I, I found it was less stressful when I started getting people to do things for me rather than trying to do it all myself. Now, we know that shooting can be incredibly expensive, mm-hmm. or it can be, but it can also be done on a budget, can't it? Yeah, and that was one of the things we worked together as well, was you know helping with your social media, understanding the fundamentals, which is essentially if you have an abundance of something, you've got to find out how financially you can make that viable. And that was what we worked together doing, right? We worked together finding how can you create a story that's consistent and something that you have an abundance of, and created at a financial 
a financial safe way. And it is possible. It totally is possible. But you just got to find your nicheness and your voice. And the nicheness and voice thing comes down to, obviously, I've been looking at my stats and things on my social. um, And I've put less into shooting actual images which is something I want to do next year, of course, as I told you, mm-hmm. and been looking at, we started shooting content for Instagram. And I think that Instagram's the one that everyone kind of panics over and it takes a deep breath. And you, you, we have lots of people saying, oh, I'm too old, I'm too busy, that's for the youngsters, there are all these things. Yet, we've sort of proven that that's not true. One, first of all, I'm nearly a dinosaur, um, in, as far as my age goes. <laughs> Two, I'm busy, you know, doing stuff. But three, we've been able to grow the account in the last year, year on year, by 151%, which is phenomenal. Yeah, it's huge. Statistics, really. Yeah. But it's like, how did we go about that, really? What do you you think? I think the biggest thing that I can recognise with working with you for over the last year is creating a clear mindset, clear objectives, and just going for it. That's what we did. We sat down together... We decided this is what we want. We decided this is what we're going for. I would give you feedback. You'd implement it and we'd move forward. There was no churning or moving backwards. It was all, you know, doing it, getting on with it. And you worked really hard. So I think in kudos to you, it's it's hard work and always watching and wanting to get better. But also knowing where you want to go to is such a huge thing. Because if you know where you're going, if you can see a vision of where you want to get to, it's a little bit easier because you keep your eyes on the prize. Yeah, keeping your eye on the prize is the big one, isn't it? So one of the first things I realised about my social account was that it was in disarray. It was all over the place. Um, and I said that very drunkenly at the um, British Hairdressing Awards for winning their social media award last year. That the, My lesson was being in a room with some incredibly talented hairdressers, but they only did one thing on Instagram. One cut, one painted hair and blow dried it beautifully, but they were super successful at it because the message was always the same. And that's when it dawned on me. And it dawned on me that I needed to do what something different, but the same thing time and time again. And you've sort of drummed that into me. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a journey, wasn't it? You know, we had to recognise what was your, I guess, selling point. What was your USP? What was your, What was the main thing that you could give to your audience that would create attention and create engagement. Yes. And that took a little bit of, took a little bit of time, didn't it, to find out what that was. It, do, um, it does take time, doesn't it? But I think people give up. People give up too mm-hmm. quickly, don't they? And so one thing about me is I'm a, as determined as an old dog with a bone. I'm not going to let that bone go until I get to where I want to be. But there were many times when I was just like, oh, I'm never going to be able to scale this wall. I mean, I just can't, I can't get over it. But... It's okay to make mistakes, isn't it? It's okay yeah. for it, it's okay for it to not do well. Absolutely. How did you talk me through that? Number one, I saw, I believed in you, and I knew that there was potential. Right. And I could see how hard you worked and how driven you were and how much you wanted it. And that is the main thing. If you want something, you then you've got to figure out how to get there. And sometimes that can take quite a long time. But if you're consistent and you find something that the audience want to hear, that is when you have something and that's when it's that little bit of a tick. I'm working with another client and that's just recently happened where we've posted something and it's finally created this massive engagement. And that is, it's quite exciting because it's the first time that it happens and it's like, right, we find out, we see now what your audience like. We see now what your, 
you've what you've got to give to an audience because that is what keeps Instagram especially alive is that you're creating something that the audience want to see and the audience feel like they're getting something from you that's almost like for free. Yes. So I realized something was happening when the brand started saying, oh, your page looks really good at the moment. Your page looks really nice. And I was like, oh, what's different about it? Because it had been all over the place, but I started honing in on different different things and seeing what worked. And that's when I discovered that really painting worked because so many people think they can paint, yet they only paint one way or they're not clean and tidy with it and they don't understand the results they'll get from it. I think the biggest thing for you, Jack, was if you look back now, look at the consistency that you have. And if we were to, if I was to say that to you two years ago, that if you just do that, you probably would have laughed and thought that, why would anyone want to hear that? Or yes. isn't that boring? But actually, consistency is what works. It really, really works. Yeah, I struggled with the, the, the whole thing of saying the same message every day because I thought people would find that boring. And in it, what I found were those little tricks that I did every day that made my life easy at work or just made a, you know, a ponytail piece. To me, it was just normal because I've been doing it forever. Yet suddenly people were like, I've not thought about that. I've not seen that. And it was those miniature aha moments that seemed to somehow ignite an audience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another big thing for you was overcomplicating things. So posts that you'd put up and the pictures would be very hard for a viewer to see. So it's simplicity as well, you know, keeping everything really clear. What objective, what do you want your viewer to do and send them straight to it rather than a lot of distraction on the on the phone. <laughs> now, I know my stories used to drive you crazy because my stories were so complicated <laughs> with loads of different filters on and things like that. And you were like, just stop that right now. Why did you say that to me? Because as a, as a viewer myself, I was confused, right? So if you're looking at something, it should be clear for yourself at least. Someone at L'Oreal once said to me that um, whatever you post, it should create an emotion in you. So you're looking at something and it should create emotion in you before you post it. If it doesn't, then it's not going to for your viewer. But also you're, it needs to tell a story and it needs to be really clear what you're trying to convey. Because if it doesn't, then you've lost everyone. And that is when you get zero engagement. And it's the engagement thing that is, seems to be the most important piece in this uh, sort of social media Instagram page rather than... I mean, the numbers, you know, the numbers are great. It's great. But people get disheartened. But it's actually the talking. It's talking to your audience, isn't it? It's social. Yeah. I mean, that is... It's difficult because if you're being true to yourself and being true to your brand and yet your your content's not getting engagement, it is disheartening, right? You know, it's, it's frustrating. It's disheartening. It feels like a waste of time. But you do have to dig in and look at what is getting engagement and then maybe exercise on that a little bit more. And just keep going and going and going. going. Keep going. What do you think the main aim of something like Instagram for is for a salon? Um, I think for salons, they kind of get a little bit lost on what they're showing. They follow the crowd, which is always a good one. You should always copy other people. However... They are starting to look a bit stagnated. It's starting to look a little bit similar to other pages. Like you see a lot of before and afters. You see some, um, I guess, bad lighting, bad angles. You should try and create some consistency. And whether that is always on the same background or always in the same angle or always styled in a certain way or always conveying one message. 
And I think for hair salons, it's really difficult because there's such a different story. But I think you've really got to dig deep into, I guess, the root of your business and create one story that's consistent, whether that's around the name or the direction that you want to go in. You've got to really just think of something that will create consistency. Right. So, for instance, I mean, I do foil highlights. I do root tints. But exactly. mostly what you see on my page is one, one story on there because that's easier for me to tell that story all the time. And that does drive business in. But just because a woman comes in to me and says, I love this image and it's a balayage image, I might say to her, well, we might need to do this with foil. But she doesn't really know the difference. It's what she wants is the look. Yeah, that's very true. And I know that's probably hard for a hair salon to hear because they have many services they want to sell. Yes. So it can be a little bit more difficult. But there is other ways around it, you know. There is other ways of thinking, you know, maybe you got to think outside the box, whether that's actually stop thinking about the hair salon and think about the customer and come at it from a customer point of view. So that might be a, a nice way to hit it on the head of thinking, how can I create content that will be for this one certain client and just focus on that? Right. So just aim at one clientele all the way through it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That will at least keep it consistent. One of the most interesting things I learned along the way was that I had been trying to engage an audience and I was writing the first caption or I might put look in capitals and write look in it. And I was doing a course and I'd seen other hairdressers do this. I was like, oh, that's amazing. I'm going to do that. So I did that. And I went on this course and this really lovely woman said to me, oh, I didn't realise that you were going to be so nice. I thought you were going to be really arrogant. And I'm like, why? And she's like, oh, just the way you write on your Instagram feed. And it's so funny that you can really annoy people or make people have an opinion of you just by the way in which you write something. Yeah, you absolutely do. You have to come across in a way that you, you have to be very careful what you say and how you come across with it as well. There was one day, I remember you said you put up a post about... In a, the airport. In the airport. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was really, t- I was really tired or really hungover and somebody had put their feet up on the chair and it really annoyed me and I took a picture of it and I posted it and immediately I got sort of angry faces from you. Take that down. <laughs> Yeah, because I could see how that could be conveyed by the audience, right? So sometimes, yeah. yeah, we do write these things and we don't mean them, but they can be seen in a in a negative way, which can sometimes not be very powerful for your social media. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, you have to you have to be a bit more careful about it, and it is social, but it's not social. Exactly, exactly. You do have to be careful, and and it is true. You know, you can come across in a certain way, but in real life, you can be totally different, and that is, I guess, the beauty and and the negative part of social media. What would you say to somebody who um, is a salon owner, they're really, really busy, um, word of recommendation by mouth, of course, is the most amazing, but they're really struggling with, with their Instagram. They don't know what to do. They can't, they can't get their head around it. What would you say to them? Do you, do you say, forget it? Or do you say, come on now, get on with it? Well, I would first of all find out if it's something they really want and why they want it. Right. And then figure out the path to get there. So, for instance, let's say they want to have a social media to gain new clients. I would then, you know, really decide of what the direction that is. Work with them on their brand because it's all about how the brand's conceived and what the brand's story is. 
And then you would think about how you're going to get there. So if they don't have time themselves, they might want to train up some staff members how to do it. And there is ways of doing that. So you can train up your assistants or your stylists to be, I guess, the videographer or the filmer. And they can basically be the people who post and who share all of the stuff that's happening in the salon. And people are really excited to do that. And there's probably people in the salon already that are really good at it. And if not, they can always be trained. Absolutely. Chris Jones, who was on here a long time ago now, but I think it was at the beginning of lockdown, um, said that he'd trained his receptionist to scoot over and just kind of on her chair, just slide round and film a little bit of him cutting. And that's all he needed was that little segment of before. And then he could take the finished photograph afterwards and he could tell a story with that. And it's not... It's not just about having these huge numbers and about being Insta-famous. It's actually just a great tool, a modern tool, to bring in clients to your salon, isn't it? Yeah. Instagram can be used for so many different things. It can always be like a CV. It can be like your portfolio. Um, it can be whatever you want it to be, but you've just got to decide what you want it to look like. What does your brand look like? Is it more on the edgy side? Is it more commercial side? And you've got to stick to that and then follow that, that consistency. Yeah, Mary, so Mary from behind the chair always says, follow your path, follow it, follow it and stay on it. Yeah, exactly. All the way through that. But you've got to, there, it takes a lot of work to get to there, right? So it takes a lot of work to decide and, and set those boundaries of exactly who you are and what your conversation is about. Yeah, but you have to play, don't you? You have to play with lots of different things. We, we started off with doing some content days where we filmed everything and they were great. And loads of lessons learned in that. And also in that, we were able to train up John to assist me and to be able to stop. He was able to do more and more in that. And we were, we were able to create lives and do all of those things. But it was it was slow. It wasn't like yesterday. It took time. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the winning formula because we had John there to help us create that content. Because you need somebody that can do it. Yeah. Somebody, somebody who's understands how hair works as well because it's it's not easy you know I've worked with a lot of um, uh, video teams and photographers and they find it difficult sometimes if they've never worked with hair because they don't know the flow and where the hairdresser is moving and what the hairdresser needs to show or what the viewer needs to see so that's always a difficult point so when you have somebody that's maybe a, a junior hairdresser that's the perfect place for them to be I think it's I think a junior hairdresser or a junior assistant is a brilliant one if they've got a good eye because they do know how for me how the paintbrush is going to go and what looks right and and that then has been taught that we don't want that in the background and we don't want this in the background and this is how it should look to go on the page yeah exactly like I was, I was with you last week and the difference from when we were together before to now, you know exactly what you want and you know exactly how it looks. And I can see that, you know, looking on your page and your posts for the last maybe six months, there's such consistency and, and the, the content is so high res and, and really beautiful format that maybe two years ago you, you couldn't even see that, you know? I don't think I would have been able to see it. And even the funniest thing about this one is that there's me with my iPhone, whatever it is, Pro Max, and I said to John, why are your pictures better on your phone than they are on my phone? And I didn't even have my phone on 4K. I didn't know that existed on your phone. Yeah. And it's so, so young people do bring something else to the party as well, don't they? Absolutely. You know, there's, there's always new tricks and trades that we don't really have time to find. 
on our phones sometimes and, and meeting and working with other people, you learn things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this sort of rapid growth that we've had this year with that and you working with other brands, plus you also started, you did the whole body shop refit on their website, didn't you? Yeah, so I've just finished that. So I worked with the body shop for eight months and we basically, they, they were building a brand new website, which was their e-com and their blog posts. So we shot for nine weeks and we shot all of their uh, e-com content and all of their blog, all uh, copy and visual. And that was a huge project and it was super fun and it was super learning as well because they have over a thousand products and each one of those products have a different story to tell. And that really helped me evolve into how you create content around a product, whether it's hair or whether it's mascara or it's body cream, how you show how that works and and you sell you sell what you're trying to show as well yeah i think so instagram for me is about selling what i do not who i am i mean i'm not selling my soul to the devil here it's about selling what i do and for me it was it's important for me as an educator to be an authentic educator which means i need to bring clients in so that i'm doing women's hair during the week you know 3 days or 4 days a week and then it's also important for me to bring people into courses who realise that I'm an authentic educator because I'm doing clients as well. That was that was what I wanted from Instagram. Yeah, and that was what we sat down and, and talked about. I can't even remember when that was, I guess, a year and a half ago. Yeah, we that sat was down our first with, plan. Yeah, our first plan was where do we want to get to? What's the numbers we want to get to? What's the reason? And and how do we get there? It was essentially what we did. So we knew that we wanted to get you more education, more teaching dates, and we wanted to grow your social media following. So then we conveyed that into a strategic plan for your social media. And how you did that wasn't exactly how you'd imagine sometimes. We went about it in different ways. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I would have imagined it to have started off as it did to be where it is now. I mean, I was very confused along the way. And it was lovely to have that guidance from someone who'd be like, okay, hold on a minute or come on, pull your feet up, get this done, do, 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 do. And it's it's about direction because you haven't tried to change my voice. I mean, I've worked with brands that have tried to get me to do things like pink hair or something. I mean, I'm not known for pink hair. You know, it's not even particularly anything that I want to be known for, but it was like, oh, I had to do a pink season or something. Uh, you've not tried to change my voice. You've just tried to help me find it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And- that is the key because you're you're fooling everyone if you think that you're going to start to do something that you don't actually do already. Yeah. Because if you're that's the main thing that I said at the start was if you have an abundance of something, then that is something to hone in on, and then you see what the, what you can get consistency out of that. Because you don't do pink hair, so if you started to do pink hair, then when when are you ever going to be able to post stuff about that? You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when I do a foil, occasionally a couple of mates will be like, you've done a foil today. And I'm like, you know I do them. And yeah. everyone sort of giggles about it. Absolutely. You've just launched a new company or about to launch a new company, haven't you? Yeah, I'm just starting up a new little thing, which is essentially going to be doing what I'm doing with you, but also helping small businesses promote themselves online. But I thought the, the small brand thing was exciting because we Absolutely. said that we'd do some, I'd do some things with you on that to talk about my experiences and we could use me as a, a test case to sort of showcase what's possible and what's not possible. I think that when John first started with me, I had like 12,000 followers or something like that. And now we're at 
nearly at 85. When this goes mm-hmm. out, hopefully we're at more. And that is all about hard work and about somebody guiding me along the way there. It's not like you've had to be with me every day, 12 hours a day, is it? No, absolutely not. And that's the way I work. The way I work is to find what you're essentially good at, I guess. Find what your story is, what you want to talk about. And then I leave you go. I don't want to take over. I don't want to be part of the story too much. I want to just help and guide you. And I'm always here, always at the end of the phone for a text or a chat. But it's more just finding your way and then finding your way to do it yourself rather than a person that comes in and takes over. Kind of like these social media companies do where they take over your accounts and they post for you. That's not something that I do. I do, it's much more hands-off and do it yourself and then teach you along the way. I think that when, and people that I've spoken to that have had companies come in and do their social media, what tends to happen is that your voice gets lost in it because it's somebody else speaking for you. So if you've got like a team member who kind of understands they, they can film it the way that you want it, but you still personally have to be invested in that, whether it's either, whether you plan it, in a month in advance or whether you do it ad hoc like I do it but you've got to be able to do it yourself and it's having someone to help you along that journey till you find your voice and then you can just trot off with it unless you want to change strategy. Absolutely yeah and that is how we work together and it was it was really good. At the start there's more touch points there's more conversation but once you see something working that's it. I yeah. mean, right now we're thinking of changing up the strategy a little bit to give it another little kickstart. But that's, again, that's just a little touch point where we plan something and then off you go. Yes. So what would it look like for, say, either an individual or a salon that wanted to, say, do an intro with you? What would that look like? What, are you, what is that going to be? I guess, first of all, it would be introductions and seeing how and if we're right to work together. Yeah. So I think for a brand to work with me, I think I would like for them to, I guess, want to see results, be prepared to put the work in, um, but also have ready to sit down and really dive into what it is that they want and how we're going to get there. And does, do you think that's something that you do sort of an intense one day or is it something you spread out over a period of weeks or? Yeah, no, it takes time. It takes a little bit of time. I think initially it would be probably a catch up and then I would go away and I would think about it and maybe put together a little strategic approach that I think could work. And then they could implement that. And then it would be test and learn and watching as that grows and seeing what's working, what's not. So it would probably be a couple of touch points at the start, just testing. And then it can grow as far as you want, whether you want to continue or you want to just continue on with that strategy or if you want to change things up in different ways. Right. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. So we're going to do a little social media course together, aren't we? Yes, that's correct. And we decided that that we're going to split it into two areas. One, because I'm super excited about what you've done with me. And I'm also just an avid fan of, of social media and Instagram. And it's been super beneficial. But we decided that we'd put together two different courses. And the first one is a real intro for people. Who do you think that that's for? And what does the course look like? So yeah, the first course will be essentially really looking at the brand that the either the salon or the individual wants to show or speak about. So we will look at each one individually and we will give each week, we will give different tasks for them to go away and think about how they want to look or how they want to speak online. So it's very much so visual and tone of voice, which we will really dive into and get them to really think about how they look online. So 
but these courses are going to be smallest, aren't they? So it's not that we want, you know, 100 people on a course or 50 people or anything like that. And so that every picture that they all post looks the same. We're trying to find what your authentic voice is and your vision. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly that. And then there's the homework involved, which means that basically we're not going to do everything for you. We're going to guide you in what what we know. Yeah, exactly. Because part of that, the reason why there's homework is so that you or they get time to research what they want and how they want their brand to work, because it's never going to come from us. It's always going to come from the individual themselves. So without doing the groundwork, you're never going to get there. And that is essentially finding what is right for you, because then you can create your passion and you know that you'll want to create an abundance of it. Yeah, and absolutely. And I also think the other important thing is to learn, to properly learn to understand how to do it. Exactly. Rather than relying on somebody else just telling you how to do it. To exactly. That, what, yeah, yeah. What, what we can do is give you tips on how some things have worked for us and give you examples of how things have worked for other people and how the groundwork would be, how did they figure out how to do that and how did they essentially find a team maybe to do that. Or, And you also need to look at how much time and effort and how much financial, I guess, you want to put into it as well. And that would be part of how it all look at the end as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, it, there is a little bit of money involved in all these things to invest in yourself. But, you know, people used to pay for an advert in the local Echo or, you know, a magazine or something. And now, of course, you, you know, it's all online and it's in front of your audience. So you do have to invest in these things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is up to you how much you want to invest as well. But a lot of the time, and I mean, actually all the time, it's a return investment, right? Look at you. Yeah. It's always turned into more courses or more bookings or, you know, you're just sought after for your education now because you're showing how it works. Well, I started with no ring light. Then I had a ring light. Then I had a phone tripod with a ring light now I've got studio lights I've got all those lights but I never thought I would have any of that but each time I've sort of upped the game it's got better and better for me yeah and now you're about to move into a house with a studio (laughs) how nice eh and the second course what's what's the difference between one and two so one would be for I guess I I don't want to say people who have low engagement or low following, but essentially people who are really struggling to find their voice and to get get kicked off and just to take off in their own direction. The second course is for people who are more established and understand their brand a little bit more, but maybe they're stagnated or they're stuck and they can't kickstart their following. So more giving them strategic approaches and how they can grow their Instagram by doing simple yes. little steps. Yeah, because there is that point when sometimes you do just go you're stuck and you're like well what's going on and I don't understand it or you like you're getting the likes but you're not getting the engagement absolutely exactly and sometimes it just needs a little bit of a refresh or a little slight change in direction to get you there brilliant I'm looking forward to doing those with you yeah me too well thanks for coming on today Carrie thanks for your insights into the world of social media content creating and all those things i just thoroughly enjoy working with you so i can't wait to see what happens for us next yeah me too thank you so much for having me jeff it was a pleasure so i hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as i did making it for you don't forget to subscribe on your channel that you download your podcasts from itunes is my favorite but i know there are others out there And also, if you want to follow me on stories on Instagram, it's Jack Howard Colour, C-O-L-O-R, the American way, not the English way. And on Facebook, it's Jack Howard Colour, C-O-L-O-R. And my website is www.jackhowardcolour.com. Hold up. 